this is EdTech Weekly. In this episode, bump your salary by 38%, a Q&A with the district's educational technology deputy chief, and how pedagogy trumps devices. I'm your host, Ricky Zager, and unfortunately, I am flying solo today. No Matt. I know many of you will be disappointed. He does bring all the personality to the show, but unfortunately, he's not here today, so we're going to have to press on. So it'll be a short show. We'll just talk about the headlines, and uh, we'll be back next week, and hopefully Matt will be with me. So let's get to the headlines. According to EdSurge, coding boot camp graduates report a 38% salary bump. The article explains that 89% of boot camp students found a new job within four months of graduating. With an increase in salary and a high job placement rate, boot camps are sure to be starting exploding, and they sort of are already. Some of the boot camps are now qualifying for federal aid, which is definitely going to help that. If you're interested, you can also know that learning Python is the most lucrative programming language with average salaries after graduation of around $80,000 a year. Hmm, yeah. That doesn't sound too bad, does it? You can get the links to this story and learn more about trying to find some of those boot camps if you're interested, of course, at edtechweeklyshow.com. And let's move on to our next story. EdScoop features a Q&A with David Rose, the Deputy Chief of the District of Columbia Public School Educational Technology Program. He says some pretty interesting stuff. Uh, He says blended learning programs at the District of Columbia Public Schools are showing gains in achievement and raising student satisfaction, which is definitely important. What I found most interesting, I would say, were his comments on how blended learning has evolved over time within his district. He mentioned that he found there were pockets of individual teachers in schools that were doing some pretty great things with different programs, but there was no real dedicated central staff or consistency throughout the district. And I, I think that's probably an issue that a lot of people can echo, the same, the same type of problems. So they put together a portfolio of programs and software and what grade level it was successful in and you know, hopes that people could actually find something that was useful for them and they didn't have to just try to search on their own and try to make something work. It's a pretty interesting strategy to try to counteract that whole search for the magic bullet thing that it feels like education is doing now where you want to have one program that sort of solves all the problems for your whole district or even just whole levels like elementary for schools. Um, you know, he talks about professional development as well and device usage, so I definitely would check it out. Again, that'll be in the show notes at uh, edtechweeklyshow.com. Uh, but, it, you know, check it out, and hopefully it'll promote some good discussions within your school or maybe even at the district level to some things that maybe you guys should be trying to do. In our last story, and again, this is going to be a short episode today with no Matt. He's, he's my filler. He, he gives me all the good stuff. Our final story, in the Huffington Post education blog, a story by Ken Eastwood, who is the superintendent of Middletown City School District in New York. He talks about the success of EdTech and how it's in pedagogy first and devices must come second. Um, seems pretty self-explanatory and simple, but a lot of us don't follow that you know, within the educational world. He references a recent study by the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development that found digital device implementation, including computers, had no positive effect on proficiencies in core areas, and in many cases, they actually worsened performance. And I'd say that's a bit scary given the amount of money being spent on this type of technology by school districts across the nation. His solution 
is to focus on pedagogy, which seems like a no-brainer again, but oftentimes we do get caught up in this new device craze. What's the coolest new thing and how is it going to help? And the sad truth is that the devices are just not going to help. doesn't matter how cool the devices get. There's no sound pedagogy behind it. It's just not going to work, and it needs to come first. And I think he makes a great point here. So he does label some steps to take, um, something that you should definitely consider um, when selecting some initiatives. So he says that ensure the mastery of pedagogy is in place already, or at least in the works, before you bring these devices in which makes a lot of sense, but again, I don't think that it's followed very strictly in a lot of districts. Contract with third-party consultants who can vet the seemingly unlimited digital options to help match your needs, and know how to generate, they know how to generate buy-in from schools. You know, one, one size fits all approach is not gonna work, so get someone to help you with those things to generate some buy-in from your schools and also, you know, decide exactly what your school needs um, and, and what type of resources can help that happen. A lot of times you just are introduced to one thing and you go, oh yeah, that's what we need and you get it and it may not be the best one for your needs. So, you know, getting in touch with a consultant may be a way to go. You know, you, people may say, well, we don't want to spend money on consultants, but if you think about it, spending a few hundred or even a few thousand dollars um, for consulting is worth it if you're spending hundreds of thousand dollars for some technology and, and if it's not the right s stuff for you. So definitely something to consider. And then finally, he says that, you know, understand that technology is there to help teachers. And I know there's probably um, several teachers who are listening to the show going like, yes, it's supposed to help us. It's supposed to make things more efficient and effective. It's supposed to inspire creativity, not, not stifle it. And a lot of times I feel like that happens in school districts. You give this program where you say all kids have to do this and it's going to make them learn better. And you really take the teachers out of the game and it's just a headache for them because they have to more like facilitate these things. So it's definitely a good read, and I think there's some great concept in here, especially as you try to develop some strategies for your school or your district to implement the technology that you're going to purchase. Again, a little scary that the numbers say that it's not helping and sometimes hurting, but it just needs us. We just need to reevaluate, look at the scenario in our school, and try to figure out ways to sort of put some of those things he put into place, and just have that conversation about making sure pedagogy is the most important part and figure out the devices after you figured out that strategy. All right, well, that's the end of our show. It was a short show, and once again, I'll be excited when Matt comes back next week. Um, if you want more information about the stories that we did talk about today, as I mentioned before, that's edtechweeklyshow.com. You can look for the link at on the, um, you can look for the links to the stories for today. And also, if you're interested in doing some of that uh, programming, boot camps, maybe make some extra money, hey, why not? You can follow me on Twitter at 4TechTeachers. That's at the number 4TechTeachers. I basically just post ed tech stories, uh, any little uh, links that I think might help a, a teacher who's uh, interested in ed tech and perhaps doing a better job with it. Um, email the show, edtechweekly at gmail.com. Tell us what we're doing right or wrong or any story ideas or resources that you think we should share with our listeners. You can also call if you'd rather do that and leave a voicemail, 305-92-TECH2. Uh, Matt's favorite number, don't forget he loves it, 305-92-TECH2. Um, we've already had one voicemail, uh, Meredith called us, and we played that a couple weeks ago, and we're ready to play the next one, so give us a call. And also don't forget our Reddit, edtechweekly.reddit.com. 
Um, if you're a Redditor or you use Reddit, you know that you can just search for the subreddit EdTech Weekly and you can find it there. We've had a couple people actually uh, vote up stories and post links, which is pretty cool. I'm excited about even more people doing it. Again, interact with the EdTech community, post some stories, um, promote some discussion. It's a pretty cool place to do that. And that's it for the show. I'm sorry I don't have any awesome things to say on the way out like Matt usually does. So we'll wait for him next week, and we'll see you next week on EdTech Weekly.